Traveling to watch a sports game with friends can be a wonderful way to make lasting memories. Every year, over 100 million people travel to watch sporting events in the United States alone. It's an opportunity to cheer and celebrate with your favorite people and all of your favorite strangers. And most of the time, the worst thing that happens is your favorite team loses. But any time that you travel somewhere new, you expose yourself to a certain degree of risk. Unfortunately, sometimes traveling to attend a game can be the last thing you ever do. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the Yuba County Five, five men that went out to a sporting event in a city and somehow ended up trapped in the middle of nowhere back in 1978. Four of these men died. One of them has never been found. Though some people believe that these five men are the victims of some kind of crime, I will say that there is no confirmation that a crime occurred at all. The reason that people believe something happened is because, as you'll find out, their deaths just didn't make any sense. Unfortunately, the only person who could tell us what happened has been missing for over 44 years. The Yuba County Five is the name given to these men because, quite originally, they were five men from Yuba County, California. Their names were Gary Matthias, Bill Sterling, Ted Wire, Jack Madruga, and Jack Hewitt. And their initial disappearances and Gary's ongoing disappearance are a point of concern for quite a few reasons. Each of the men were considered to be at a heightened degree of risk because of their mental capacities. Both Jacks, Ted, and Bill were all considered to be intellectually disabled in some capacity. Gary, on the other hand, was an army veteran who was prone to psychotic episodes and was being medicated to treat schizophrenia. At the time that these events occurred, Gary was on a good medication regimen and was considered to be doing great according to the doctors that were treating him. These five men loved spending time together, playing games and watching games like a typical group of young men in their 20s and 30s at the time. On the night that they disappeared, they were attending a college basketball game that they were very excited about. They drove to the game and then left to make their way home, but first, they got their priorities straight. After the game, they stopped by a local market to grab some drinks and snacks. Drinks and snacks that would eventually become nothing more than wrappers for the police to find on the day that they found the car. But we're not quite there yet. The first thing that happened is that these young men went missing at least from a police perspective. When they didn't return home, their families worried and called in the police to go find them, likely fearing that they got into an accident. 
but police weren't able to find much. They traced the men to the market, and they were able to find their first witness, a rightfully sour employee who remembered the huge group of guys that walked in right as the store was closing. It was a start, but it gave police essentially nothing to go on. There were no other signs of the men or their car. One day would pass before police would have a breakthrough. When someone or several someones go missing with a vehicle, police generally start by looking for that vehicle, and that's what happened here. They received a report from a forest ranger that heard about the car and actually recognized it by the description. This led police to the car, which was on a mountain road in the middle of nowhere, and it had been abandoned. The area where the car was found raised immediate red flags, and so did the car itself. Police had no idea what would lead the men to end up several hours from home on a dark and dangerous dirt road in the mountains. Inside the vehicle, police found the car in disarray. It was unlocked, there were wrappers inside, and one of the windows was left open. A very strange decision considering the fact that there was snow in the area. This snow, police believe, might have been what caused the vehicle to stop in the first place. But even that didn't make sense. The car was in snow, but not enough snow to get it stuck beyond the help of five healthy young men. At this point, police began to question whether or not the men were out there at all with the car, or if somebody else took it. It seemed possible that somebody else might have been driving it, a theory that was supported by the state of the car, which police said seemed to imply that the person knew the road. None of these men knew the road, and their families were adamant that they would not have ventured out into the snowy mountains. The only theory was that they might have been driving to a friend's house in the area and gotten lost, but even that didn't seem likely. Police explored the area, looking for signs of the men, but the snow was bad enough that police actually called off the search. Four months passed. In June, the area where the car was found was opening back up. Roughly 11 miles from where the car was abandoned, there was a trailer at a local campsite that was frequented by backpackers. A group of travelers went to the trailer, and they were horrified by the obvious smell of rot inside and the broken window. Inside, they found Ted's body. The authorities were notified, and the search for the remaining men began. Over the next few days, police would find Bill Sterling and Jack Madruga. Then, Jack Hewitt was found by his father, which is really just awful. Obviously, autopsies were carried out, and the cause of death for all four men was determined to be hypothermia. Admittedly, I don't know how accurate this was, because other than Ted, the others were significantly disturbed by the animals in the area. To this day, 
Gary has never been found and there was no trace of him. Every new detail of this case makes less and less sense. No one can say why they ended up in the mountains. No one knows why they left the car. Initially, police assumed something was wrong with the car, but when they checked it out, it was in perfect working order. If nothing else, the car could have provided them with heat for a duration of time. The four men were all scattered. Bill and Jack Madruga were found out in the forest, leading police to believe that they died while attempting to reach the trailer. Or at least going in that area. They obviously didn't know the trailer was there. Ted, it seems, was the only one who made it to the trailer. But even that doesn't make sense and... Police believe that he wasn't actually alone. He was found wrapped up in a bunch of sheets, a feat which he very obviously did not accomplish on his own, and his autopsy would reveal a startling discovery. It's believed that Ted was alive for several months after their disappearance, and they don't believe he was alone. Both Gary and Jack Hewitt were very likely with him, but they have no proof of this. And honestly, it makes even less sense. Reports would reveal that Ted died of a combination of hypothermia and starvation. While it was obviously cold and there was snow, it still didn't make sense. The trailer had all of the supplies that they needed to make a fire, and it also had a locker of emergency rations, Enough to feed all of them for much longer than they spent out there. It's clear the men ate some of the food, but there was a ton of food and they just left it. And that's not all. They didn't just have supplies for a fire. The trailer actually had a functioning heating system that they could have just turned on. Police could not explain why they would do that, or why Jack Hewitt was found frozen in the woods instead of in the trailer. Ted's family believed that this behavior wasn't actually unusual for him. They said that he struggled with common sense decision making, but what about the other two if they were with him? What about Gary if nothing else? It seems likely that Ted passed and Gary and Jack wrapped him up, but why would they leave him in the trailer and then leave the trailer, where they were very obviously safe? Police have no idea what could have led to this, and they're not even sure that these men were alone. A somewhat questionable witness who spent the night in his vehicle in the area believes that he might have seen the men and said that there was a woman and a baby with them. But police really can't confirm anything because the man spent the night in his car after having a heart attack while trying to push it out of the snow. We do know that he called out for help, but no one responded. And later on, he said he saw more people this time a group with flashlights. Flashlights that turned off when he called for help. 
And this in particular freaked me out because I actually had that happen on a backpacking trip. My boyfriend and I were sitting and talking at night and it was dark because it's the woods. Our friends had already gone to their tent and this group of people with headlamps came walking up the trail. Then basically the second they heard us speak, they all fell silent, stopped moving, shut off their headlamps and then just disappeared into the night. I'm sure they just didn't want to disturb us, but it was incredibly unnerving. Anyway, another witness told police that she saw four of the five men two days after they disappeared, and that they were in a completely different car. It seemed credible, but it also, again, doesn't make sense. Did the men get lost? Were they forced out there by some deranged hitchhiker or somebody that they met at the game? Was it really them in the store after their disappearance? And if so, where did this random truck come from? And how would they have ended back out in the woods, still not with their car? Was something missed? In the autopsy reports, we really just don't know. We have no idea. But we do know that Gary was never found, and the families of these men strongly believe that they were all victims of foul play. So, if you want to discuss road trips, driving on winding mountain roads, or the right way to prepare dehydrated food in Colorado and other high elevation places, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys.